State Representative Amen Brown has a remarkable story to tell, overcoming an impoverished childhood and being shot when he was still in middle school to ascend to elective office while still in his early 30s. He's seeking the Democratic nomination for mayor just two years into that job with, so far, little financial backing and no significant endorsements. Brown brushed off a lot of early opportunities to address voters, skipping mayoral forums until recently, so he may be the least familiar candidate to many voters, but he revealed a lot about himself and his goals in our interview. Thank you so much for coming in. No, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity. So you have an extraordinary backstory. Members of your family have been victims of gun violence. Mm-hmm. You yourself were mm-hmm. a victim of gun violence as a child, really. Mm-hmm. Yes. And every time... I read about a child being shot in the city, which happens, unfortunately, way too often. Mm -hmm. I wonder what impact that is going to have on the rest of that person's life. Mm -hmm. You have had that experience. So I want to start there, if I could, and just ask you, what is that like to be a child and have a bullet enter you? Do you feel like you have PTSD from that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, you know, I like to look at it like I have a different perspective when it comes to gun violence because of the fragment still lodged in between my ribs today uh, and in the memories and the, the actual experience of what my mother was going through, all my siblings and just the ride in the ambulance when they're when they're like cutting your clothes off because you're you're dripping, you're dripping in blood. Uh, you know, so yeah, the trauma, trauma is real when you experience that. Uh, but being who I am today and, and that lived experience along with, uh, the conditions of my home and the neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, I understand what our, our most vulnerable communities and our most violent communities are going through, uh, because I lived it. Uh, and, and in some extent I still do. I still live two blocks away from where I was shot. But when we talk about this, is is emotional for me. So when I see every single day, child after child, innocent bystander, a woman, a mother of five or six, um, mourning because they lost a loved one, that could have been my mom, you know. Uh, and and still to this day, I hear my mother screaming, "Please save my baby." You know, in the in the in the hospital, you know, when she got there, because you you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know if the bullet is still traveling. And it was just so much going on, and at that moment, you know, you're like, "Wow, is my life over?" And and then, uh, but look, look at me now. You know what I mean? So well, that is also yeah. extraordinary that mm-hmm. you overcame, that overcame and it. really succeeded. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what resources you think you had, either external or internal, that mm-hmm. helped you to do that. So, so the resources, um, you know, I'm one of seven children. Mother, she really, she she did everything she could to take care of our, our household on 56 and Mark. Well, we lived like literally a uh, few hundred feet away from where I was shot. You know, so 56 and Market is my home. So, so we needed everything that was that was available to us. So we depended on the Salvation Army for for the food banks. We depended on school itself. 
just to eat. I remember to this day my mother saying, you better you better get up because that's the only way you're going to eat today. This is real life in several households across the city. Families are hurting. They're struggling. You would never understand it unless you was in, you're, you were in these homes. You know, so we have a lot of people who say and they read the data and they see it on TV. But unless you lived it, like how much energy would you put forth to solve that problem? You know, my mother forcing us to go to school just to eat and also just to get heat. You know, like she would say, well, if you don't want to be cold today, you better get up and go to school. You know, and, and so so school played a very important role in, in our lives. My siblings and I, we didn't go to school just for the education. We went for the resources. Um, and I'm thankful for places like the Salvation Army and their food bank. Uh, even during Christmas um, time, uh, and this is a story that I, I rarely share, but I remember Salvation Army, my mom would have to sign up like a week or two before Christmas. You got to put how many children you have in the ages. And then we, she would walk us to the Salvation Army, and we would pick out our toys. You get two apiece. And then we would go home and wrap them. And just waking up on Christmas morning, being excited all over again. And we know what was in them. We wrapped the toys. Uh, but we were just thankful for the Salvation Army and organizations like them who was there for us. That's what drives me to create these spaces for children. Like when I had my after-school programs and summer camps, we, we weren't just an after-school program or a summer camp. We were resource centers for those communities. Uh, and even to this day, even before I got elected, opening food banks because I understand the importance because I was one of seven with a single mother uh, who depended on food banks. And who knows where I would be today if we didn't have that access. Mm-hmm. So school, mom, Father, nonprofit, social services. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about internally? Yeah, so, so, so the, my grit comes from wanting a better life for my children and, my, and the family that I create. I live the life that I don't want them to have. So they, they'll, they'll learn, and not just my children, all children that I come in contact with, I took the hits for you. I live that rough life. So I can fix it to where you don't have to ever go through that again. Being that person and now being a leader of West Philadelphia, it is my duty and my job to serve that community, to make sure the young people who was little Amin and, and my, little, my siblings, we don't, you don't have to live that life. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that each and every family of this city is, no one, no longer overlooked, two, no longer ignored. So you graduated high school. Yes. High school, mm-hmm. went to CCP, and you opened businesses. Yes, yes. It didn't always go very well. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what the lessons learned mm-hmm. were yeah. from ending up, you know, in mm-hmm. debt and sued and... Yeah, so so what you hear about is a very small portion of the businesses that I opened. Uh, what they don't talk about is the the hundreds of people that I employed through my childcare facilities or the restaurants um, or the people that we put to work in my real estate dealings, uh, helping young black men start a demolition company and then giving them the first contract to demo my properties. And now they, they, they're soaring right now. And they're doing demos all across the state. These are the things they don't talk about due to lack of financial literacy. 
due to lack of mentors in my life. The result is what they try to write about. You know, oh, he he owes whatever in debt. Okay. You know, I thought just having an LLC made me a small business owner. That's not true. But I will tell you this, me going through that and hitting those landmines because I didn't have a mentor or the access to the financial literacy and no one said, hey, I'm in no. After you open up this LLC, these are the next steps that you need to take. New entrepreneurs and small businesses, we are not going to leave you out the dry because I took the hits for you. So anyone in this city who wants to start a small business, you will start that business and you will soar and you will have support from day one. And it is my job as a well-experienced entrepreneur, good and bad, to make sure that Small businesses or entrepreneurs, you thrive and they're going to thrive because I took the hits for you. You know, who wants, who wants a perfect person? You need the experiences. So, you know, oh, you know what? I ain't going to do that again because I know, I know the result if I go that route or if I don't do X, the result is bad. You know, so, so, um, you know, that's, that's where we are. Um, and then you went to Harrisburg. Mm-hmm been in Harrisburg for two years Mm -hmm. and now you're running for mayor. Mm -hmm. Was there one triggering event that made you decide to run? Yeah, just, just, just failed leadership. Right. Uh, Because before I'm a currently elected official, I'm also, I live here. I've been living here all my life Mm -hmm. and I've been watching what's been going on. Right. People have serious problems. We need help. We need housing. We need better schools. We need violent criminals off the street and we just need a fresh start. Yeah. You know, if, if, if we don't elect someone who is not a part of this current system, nothing's going to change. And the, the residents and the community members know this. That's why you don't see public polls because the polls are showing that people are tired of the same old, same old. Well, when you were uh, first talking about running for mayor or when the rumors were floating that you mm-hmm. were going to announce it looked like there would be a lot of money behind you. There was the mm-hmm. developer, Marty Berger, and, um, of course, the richest man in Pennsylvania, Jeffrey S., has mm-hmm. been a backer. Um, but when I look at your campaign finance report, um, mm-hmm. it, the last one shows you've raised 30000 Yeah, probably dollars. somewhere around there. Yes. So were you disappointed? Is, oh, is abso- there- absolutely not. Um, so... We didn't get involved in this campaign because of potential financial support from wherever. And to this date, I still can't speak on if, if, or if not anything's going to happen. But what I can tell you is this, we have a strong people power campaign and we're, we're beating the streets and touching the flesh. We have a serious, aggressive social media program going on. Uh, we're on TV, we're on six, we're on 10. But again, money is not going to win this election. It is a new day. You know, just because somebody see you on TV 10 times a day is not going to make you vote for them, especially if it says former city council person. You know, it's like y'all part of the problem. It's time for new leadership in this town. We have to invest in our young people. I'm the youngest candidate for mayor. And that's what we need right now. We need we need young energy and we need a different approach. And that's what we represent. There was a challenge to your remaining on the ballot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. And you overcame the challenge. Yes. But the judge, when she gave you another chance Mm -hmm. to refile your statement of financial interest, she 
she kind of admonished you like this is a really serious job. You have to pay attention mm-hmm. to these details. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and I think she said like it's a sophisticated job and it's mm-hmm. a lot of money. It's five billion dollars. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I respect what she said, you know, but I'm not running for treasurer. I'm not running for, uh, you know, auditor general. I'm running to be the CEO of the city and I'm going to have the right people around me and we're going to delegate responsibilities. Uh, the mayor can't do it alone. And it's about their, their, their core team and the people around them. And we're going to have the top qualified team and we're going to have people from all walks of life, different backgrounds, different experiences uh, and different professions, making sure that we, we do the best that we can to turn the city around. And we're talking about on day one, yeah, well, a lot of times, though, people look at how you run your campaign for a clue as to how you'd run the city. So, mm-hmm. you know, you say you'll have the best people, but you didn't in the campaign. You know, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't see how they go hand in hand with, um, you know, leaving a box blank and running the city. Uh, the numbers that I think we should be focusing on, uh, what, how many, how many children shot dead this year? Um, or or how many households are facing evictions. Um, those are the numbers that are important to me. Like I said, I get it. That's another experience of mine. Is it going to happen again? No. But I think that leaders, I think we're focusing on the wrong stuff right now. So let's focus on our city, uh, and, and let's make sure that people can sit on their porches um, and enjoy this beautiful weather. Because unfortunately, we can't do that right now. You might have... 30, 40, 50 bullets flying your way or past your house. You know, so those are the numbers that matter to me. Let's reduce the the amount of violent criminals on the street. Let's address this ATV issue. Let's address um, these car meetups. These are the things that we need to be worrying about right now. And we need a mayor who is going to have the heart and the courage to do those, just those things. I have wealthy people reaching out to me in our campaign saying, you're the guy for our city. You're the guy that's going to make this city better. I don't care about you didn't put no uh, zeros in that box. My business is dying because of these violent criminals on the streets. And you're the guy with the lived experiences. You're also the guy who was battle tested and community approved. This is what I'm hearing from people from all walks of life. The people who, who, who are the most wealthy and the most successful, they're sitting back and they're watching like, I pray that this young man wins because they know if I don't win this election, more and more people are going to be unemployed. More and more people are going to be needing housing. More and more people are going to be living on the street because you're going to have regressive policies getting through city council that a soft mayor is going to sign off on. So we need a mayor with a backbone that's going to say no city council person. That is not legislation that's going to help this city. So let's, let's figure something else out. Because under the Kenny administration, we didn't have that. Things flew by and flew under the radar. And now look at the look at the state of our city. We're in a city of lawlessness because of it. Mm-hmm. So early in the campaign, you kept a low profile. There were a lot of forums that you didn't attend. Mm-hmm. A large swath of voters maybe don't know where you stand on things, what mm-hmm. your positions are. So it's your first day as mayor. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do to tell them this is what an Amen Brown administration is? Yes. The first day is, mayor. we're going to aggressively tackle the violent 
crime on the streets. Um, we're going to ban ski masks and make them illegal. It is not okay for three or four or five individuals to be riding around with ski masks on, jumping out, making law-abiding citizens feel like they're about to be the next victim. So I'm going to show day one that I am going to be the mayor that makes this city safe. And yes, there will be some tough decisions that got to be made, but people are going to appreciate, you know, a young, strong black man standing up to violence. And, and I'm pro law enforcement. It's no secret, but I am not, I do, do not support the bad apples. So we're going to figure out what the bad apples are and we're going to fix the police department because the police department needs to work directly with the community to solve this problem. We can't be working against each other. And that's going to start with some top leadership we need to replace because the morale is low. Um, so when I have my eight-year-old daughter, when we pull up at home and I park and my daughter falls asleep in the back seat, and I got to wake her up and say, come on, baby, it's time to go in the house. And she says, Daddy, can you pick me up? And I have to tell her, no, I can't. Because I have to be on full alert in case something happens. You know, that hurts me as a father, as a protector. It hurts me that I can't do the normal fatherly things for my for my own children. You know, so so it's our goal day one to make sure that I can say yes to my daughter. That's all I want to do is I want to pick her up and, and while she's still half asleep and say, yes, yes, baby, I'm, daddy's going to carry you in the house. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I'm KYW News Radio City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb. You can listen to Who's Running for Philly Mayor on the Odyssey app and all the places you get your podcasts. If you know someone who wants to know more about the candidates, tell them about the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.